With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So uh, we've got Lex Divine, not not Ryan. I shouldn't call you Ryan, or should I call you Lex now? I mean, this is sort of a kayfabe breaking podcast, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're sitting next to each other on a couch, and in kayfabe, uh, the most interaction we've ever had is him reading bullying tweets to me in front of a crowd. Uh huh. Okay. So we well, don't. We're not together, and are not like living together in different so. right in, in 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 the wrestling world that's okay so i'm supposed to be italian so you know and 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 i'll have spaghetti tonight but that's about the only thing about me that's that's it's actually italian don't tell uh uh monty from monty and the pharaoh he gets so upset at that for some reason monty from monty and the pharaoh thinks that like my pretending that i was italian is like the most offensive thing this ever happened in the history of wrestling and us to so we have questions from fans mm-hmm. and i'm here to answer them and uh just I, I may blather on and on and on but i will get to a point eventually with your help like so, what- in my introductions i will get to a point eventually and here is the first point i'm going to get to a question or actually it's more of a statement slash question and it says please ask dutch Dutch, do you know who up in New York is talking about you? Uh, yes. There's, there's two answers to that, really. Mm-hmm. One of them, you say, who? And they said, nobody. All right, welcome back to the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music Studios, straight out of Ron Cockamore, Long Island, on a special Friday show where we have a marathon with the great uh, T.L. Hopper, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, and then Doink the Clown. Should be a great Friday. We're thanking you all for joining us. Anthony. 
Yes, you are sir. now breaking this young man's cherry. Ooh. <laughs> All right. My, uh, my first live interview. The original. Oh. The I'll Pharaoh. The I'll Pharaoh. My, my partner <laughs> has gone to Florida. He's met his love of his life. We're trying to set him up over the internet. But Bruce has been a longtime family member of the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And he is now officially having his first interview. Yeah. Oh, so well, congratulations. Yeah, usually I, the only other, I've been in this that seat before. I've never been in this seat before, so this should be uh, should be interesting. And Mike, thank you for letting me come down again. No, always a pleasure. But feel free to beat the crap out of him <laughs> and tell him what a terrible job he's doing because I'd be that's more than happy to. Very important. Yes. Very important. It's important for New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to the great TL Hopper, uh, NYC flooding. States are in emergency declared in the subways and shut down the roadways due to the rain today, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You sent me a picture of uh, LaGuardia Airport where this gentleman flew into. This morning, and now it's now it's flooded. People are running out of the terminals. There's ankle-deep water. You know, that's pretty crazy. Um, have you ever experienced something like this before? Not in this, uh, not in the Northeast. I actually got caught in a flash flood of of all places, Roswell, New Mexico, when I was a when I was a kid, and it was uh, not a fun experience. I'll tell you that. It comes down. Next thing you know, you're you're knee deep in water, and everything's rushing rushing away. So, I uh, you know, I don't envy those people. Want to do a quick roll call? Loose in the house. Davio here, the uh, this week in pro wrestling champion, Benny Scala. Benny Scala in the house. Talked to uh, Benny Phil, this morning. Good to see you. Phil came in second, did a wonderful job last night. Yeah, rub it in. I was last. You were last? Yeah. Really? I didn't even realize that. Did that hurt you? Nah, I'm okay. I'll get over Are it. Are you? <laughs> and you think it was rigged? You think uh, I purposely no. put you in last place? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was fun. It was a it was a good experience. I was up against some really, really worthy challengers and hey, Benny pulled it out. Way to go, Benny. People aren't here to uh hear us anyway. Because people are saying, name not important, the Dirty White Boys in the house, which probably right. is one of the greatest pro wrestling names. And we'll get into that, that I've ever heard. We'll, we'll get into I it. I kind of so, liked it myself. Uh, I, we got to figure out. I got to understand where you came up with it and everything else. But first, before we get to the legendary wrestler that you are, I want to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty DeFaro, our own Wisteria Hall, along with my partner Jimmy Barrow and Bart Griggs make up the band Wisteria Hall. They sing such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Yeah, you want me to do that Bart man really high? You could try it. No, you, you had me do that the first time I was here. Jimmy might wasn't. curse you out. Yeah. You might you got, You might have to back <laughs> off a little bit. Jimmy is very territorial. <laughs> well, you had me do it the first time I was on, and then I didn't live that down for the rest yeah, of the show. I'm going to put you on some quick pressure, and then I'm, I'm going to show Anthony pictures later, and but... Uh, are you are you still Team Pharaoh or Team Petra? Ooh, I gotta I gotta say I'm still I'm still Team Pharaoh. Jimmy's a buddy of mine. I is, mean I can't is it say close or is it? Uh, well, as far as looks or as, as far no, as personality. <laughs> Listen, Jimmy's Jimmy does great at his job. Uh, Danielle has been doing a great job filling in and and being a great new co-host on the network. You know I I think she's coming along. I think she's Anthony, gonna bring. I got a smoking co-host now. I mean, oh. smoking. Yeah, she's going to bring a lot of viewers. Like, you remember your valet? Yeah. Are you still with her? No. Well, we'll talk about her, too, but remember how smoking she was? Yeah. My co-host, even hotter. Oh, well. Why ain't she here instead of him? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, she's in Florida, but yeah, I agree with you. How great would that have been? That's it. I'll right believe it. <laughs> if you didn't know what you are watching, Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page and Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, you'll catch us on the New York cable version where you'll see this legend in a reduced version on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. and Saturday morning at 11.30 a.m. And Channel 20 Tuesdays at 7 p.m. where over 150,000 people watch us weekly. That's awesome. Uh, also, we're on something called the Intuitive Network. That's I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E. It's like Netflix. 
upload it, download it, right? It's for free. Movies, documentaries, videos, and they're going to get to start seeing your face yeah, on there, man. Yeah. Not too bad, right? And, uh, yeah, and let's talk about their feature show on Thursday nights. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. We'll be back with this wrestling legend, the great, and he is a wrestling legend, Tony Anthony in a moment. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? He Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So, fair. Manscaped? It's a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. (laughs) Again, I don't (laughs) want you to have to admit this because we... As men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to oh, go do I the know deed he, on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, Mm. Then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line that yeah. I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not. Like blinking lights on both sides of that I landing? just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look but what you found. Ooh, I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, <laughs> I found as, it. Have, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Just Absolutely. Retro. You're like, Whoa. Wow. Yeah, like, like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, tr- I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage to get He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, not all not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, there I you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> listen, can't, I couldn't. I Super couldn't Bush. say. I couldn't say. Well, <laughs> if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to like you know go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and anyway. we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh, dropkick. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh, only seen here at Indie Music TV, where we welcome the legend. I will not call you T.L. Hopper. I just Thank refuse. You. Tony Thank Anthony, you. how are you, sir? Thank you. Good, very good, very good. Tony, can I call you Tony? Is yes, that okay? please. Does it bother you with the illustrious career that you had that so many people only, I don't want to say only, but they re- only they, they mostly recognize you for the T.L. Hopper gimmick. Does that bother you? Uh, no, because that was basically the last uh, character that they seen me as, and it was going worldwide. So it, it really don't. I didn't like the gimmick. Uh, still don't, but some people do, and you know, and, and that's all right. You know, fans if if they like T.L. Hopper, that's fine. I did the best I could as T.L. Hopper. I was more comfortable as a dirty white boy. And uh, no, nah, it, it don't really. I don't let a lot of stuff bother me. I mean, especially there's nothing I can do about it. Right. You know, so why worry about it? But what you know, when you when you you know, we'll talk about this a little later, right? Because I want to go over the beginning of your career. Um, 
But when you get to the WWE, obviously at that time it was a character-driven organization. Yeah. When that gets presented to you, just like, are you just like, yeah, just give me the cash and I'll do whatever you tell me to do? Yeah, basically that was it. I, I didn't like, and I knew that where they were going with it, I I wasn't going to get a push. And I knew that, and I accepted that. It was getting later in my career. I had uh, several injuries uh, that really needed taken care of, but you got to have money to take care of stuff right. like that. So I just uh, basically did what they wanted, helped uh, the younger guys out when they would listen, and just try to help them get better and understand the, uh, the business better. And... Uh, it was what it was. So you, you're saying you were kind of brought in to kind of groom the next group of guys with your tremendous experience. Yeah, yeah that was basically it because uh, if you looked at the roster and everything of the talent that they had, there really wasn't any room. And like I said, I was getting older and uh, I was injured and uh, they just wanted me to basically help teach and train these younger guys did you have any did you have any influence on the on the gimmick or did they just say hey this is what you're going to do well they uh uh vince flew me up it was me and several other guys we had a meeting uh and he talked to each one of us and all that and uh figured out you know tried to figure out do you have any, any ideas or anything like that? So what did you do growing up before you was a wrestler and all that? Well, my dad was a master plumber. He owned his own plumbing company, and I grew up as a plumber. And a lot of people thought that I would take the family business over. And uh, But wrestling always been my number one dream in life. And uh, so I didn't. And I said something about that, and I guess I just shot myself in the foot. <laughs> because he goes, that's it, you're going to be a plumber. Yeah, the next thing I know, I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> did, did the WWF have some you type know, of... real good. Did they have, like, an obsession with, like, plumber gimmicks? Because they had Dusty as the son of a plumber, and then... Uh, no, I don't think, you know, I... I had, I had saw an interview, I guess, with Jake the Snake Roberts, and they were discussing you, uh, you know, and... Jake was kind of saying it was almost like a hee-hee thing where they were just trying to make you look foolish on top of just having you there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was like an inside joke. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't make sense I, to me, I right? I don't know. But, uh, you know, if they was wanting the inside joke on me, that's fine. As, I got paid her. As long as, long as they <laughs> paid you, the right? Ching coming in, so hey, <laughs> laugh away. But, like, well, here's a positive, right? You're going to an event on tomorrow. Yes. God willing. Right, considering yeah. the rain that's going on here. <laughs> I right? have swim in, but how does that make you feel that you know you can have a boatload of fans coming up to you, you know what I mean, wanting to take pictures of, with you? How does it make you feel? It's got to make you feel great, right? Oh, uh, hey, I always the the people I think is always the wrestling fans. I thank them over uh, the guys that train me over the. Uh, the boys and all that because without the wrestling fans there would be no T.L. Hopper there would be no Dirty White Boy there would be no Grappler Number 2 it the fans is what makes you I mean you, you've got some of these guys that look up and they're big stars and they're like hey look what I've done true you did it but the fans put you there I mean they can take you out that quick it's just like anything else. I mean, they can turn on you that quick and then you not be nothing anymore. But I was lucky enough to where I do have fans that even today, I brought my kids to watch you. Mm. I, younger guys, I used to come, my dad and my papa used to bring me and watch you. Boy, you used to, you used to one of my favorite wrestlers. And I was, well, great, you know, it makes me feel great. It does. I mean, anytime anybody, you know, you guys get a compliment on your radio show or anything like that, mm -hmm. you can't help but like, hey, thank you, man. I appreciate that. It makes you feel good. Feels good you made a difference, right, That's in it. people's lives, Everybody right? likes to have a compliment. I don't care who you are, what you've done, or anything like that. Somebody gives you a compliment, uh, it makes you feel good. 
I don't want to stick on the tail hopper thing, but you did mention something before the before the interview started, which I, I was trying to like piece it all together, right? Because you know I'm getting old, my memory doesn't work so well you anymore. Mean both. But <laughs> they go, we're at the same thing. We, we were talking earlier; we both can't hear. We could just sign language each other, yeah. do an interview with sign language. Um, you mentioned Vince Russo. Vince Russo had had his hand in the character. Uh, yeah, he at uh, one especially during that time. Uh, I don't know where anybody thought that he was qualified to do that, but evidently Vince McMahon thought that he was, because there where he was, and then he just all of a sudden knew everything there was to know about every shape and form of life. Kind of like Dutch Mantel. In a way. Yeah, but yeah. Dutch can do it better. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> At least Dutch has got gift or gab, right. you know. So. Right. He's not saying bro every two seconds. Did he say bro oh, to you? Gosh. Like, bro, bro that bro, plumber's pretty bro. hot. You know, the plumber goes, bro, I'm telling you, bro, I know how to make you a plumber, bro. Yeah, so, uh, no, it's uh, me and him never, we never ever seen eyeball to eyeball on, on anything for some reason. He didn't like me. And the feeling was mutual. I just, but see, I don't worry about people like that. I don't think anything. I lose no sleep whatsoever. I've got my life. I've got a wonderful life. I've got a beautiful family, grandkids, the whole nine yards. And I don't worry about the small stuff. And Vince Russo is the small stuff. You didn't, you, on your way out of the WWE, you didn't send him some sign language, like, you know, <laughs> anything like that? Oh, I did that while I was there. You could do it right here on TV, too, if you want. Hey, Vince, give, give him one. Give him a little sign language. There you go, no, Vince. because, see, I don't do anything like that unless I can do it to their face. There you go, baby. That's you know, I mean. it's easy to get uh, on a radio show or uh, do the Texan and all that and tell tell somebody how bad you are and what you think of them, they're SOB, and you ain't no count and all that. It ain't so easy if that man's standing you about a foot from you looking mm -hmm. you in the face. Yeah, and uh, you know him and Jim Cornette's got this big feud going, and it's like a bunch of little old fast dogs <laughs> back and forth one another, and you know, unbelievable. I don't know. I just at least Jim I ain't got, got time. I ain't got time for that. At least Jim Cornette's got the wrestling history behind him and the, and that stuff. And you know, the, oh, Jim's a very smart man. He, but, he uh, is Vince Russo. Yeah, but but you know. Not that I'm a fan of either ones. I I, I am not. But yeah. if you were just to measure. Dicks, right? Russo probably made more money than Cornette throughout his career, so Russo's probably the winner in this whole thing. Being that he was up here, right? I mean, well, not Jim was up here too. So you think Cornette made some decent money up here? Yeah, you know, I wasn't thinking oh, yeah. about it. He probably did all right yeah, then too, he, right? He he done good. Huh. He done. He, he managed to do good wherever he went. Yeah, because uh, he he's got a real good mind for the business. So explain that to me, right? Wasn't he? Wasn't he a kid, like a kid, and his mom was some kind of concession stand woman or something like that? Uh, or a rat? That's <laughs> rumors. I don't know that part of it, whether it was or not. But I, I was around him when he first uh, started managing uh, in Memphis. And uh, he was doing a good job, and he would do anything that anybody wanted him to do. He was more than happy to do it, willing to do it, and he did it. To the best of his ability. So when a new guy like that, he's new, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, and you're you're this established, high level talent. He comes in. Do you give him a hard time at first, or is it like since he was so easy to do what you needed, he garnered your respect? Oh no, everybody got messed with. I mean, you know, <laughs> it didn't matter who he was. You know, that, that's part of the fun of it. You know, uh, when I first broke in, uh, people messed with me. Harmless jokes and stuff like that. That you're on the road. You're with these people. They're basically your family, because you're around them more than you are your own family. And uh, you know you got to have fun. Any and, favorite ribs or favorite ribs you did on anybody? Uh, phew, Lord, been so long. I've tr I've changed my ways. Just <laughs> <laughs> tried to forget a bunch of that stuff. Some of it we can't talk about. That that didn't that, that didn't happen. That never happened. I'm erasing no, it from my mind. No, 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 that never. 
I was up here in the Northeast, right? So I was a WWF guy, right, growing up. So only time we had the opportunity to see you guys down south were probably in the, in the uh, magazines. And I could remember the first time I saw you with that hot valet. I think what was in a mystic or something like that, if I remember yeah. properly, right? That was the first name she had. Yeah. And then we changed that. I was like, nah, let's just go with, you got the dirty white boy, let's just go with the dirty white girl. Right. Uh, Should have done it to begin with, but it was kind of a, a, a hurry. In a hurry to get get her out, get you know, and all that. So, so forgive me for this, right? Because I just thought I always thought about this. I remember when I saw it, Dirty White Boy. I'm like, that's probably the coolest name I've ever heard of for a wrestler. And I was like, you were right. <laughs> I think I was. <laughs> but then I thought, did foreigners steal Dirty White Boy from Dirty White Boy the wrestler? Did Dirty White Boy steal Dirty White Boy by foreigner? Well, we'll still arguing about that. <laughs> wow all right so no, your no. valet where do you meet your valet how do you decide to have her like do you, do you remember how she got involved with you in wrestling um i met her in pensacola florida and uh, uh bullet bob armstrong and uh, ron fuller were the two main bookers and Robert Fuller booked some too, and uh, but they are all owners of it. And uh, a bullet come and said, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought about having a valet? You know, go with you and all that, and work a good angle with you know." We, they was wanting to bring a girl in, and I said, "Well, okay." So one thing led to another. We got together as far as white boy and white girl, and. The rest is history. So, well, you you were you were trained by Steve Kern. How did you how did you end up getting? I was not trained by Steve nope. Kern. No. Less less no. I so where did that come from? I, I have no idea. I just heard it one day, uh, or seen it on the YouTube or something. They come out and said uh, they were running down uh, where I started and this and all that, and it had uh, trained by Steve Kern. No. Uh, a guy by the name of Rick Connors in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, trained me. He had a school, and you talking about one double tough man. I mean, that he would go uh, wrestle and work out with the Carson Newman College wrestling team and never got beat. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how tough that he was. And... Uh, and if he trained you, he made you respect it, and he made you work your butt off to get it, or you would just couldn't handle the pain because there was a lot of pain involved in that. He'd stretch you, he'd, he'd itch you and hook you, and then sit there and just take his fist and, and start punching you in the ear, give you a cauliflowered ear, and see if you could... Uh, Handle it, and I've seen guys get up, holding their ears, run out, and never come back. And well, what piqued your interest in wrestling, and when did you decide to become a professional wrestler? Well, there was uh, two things that I I wanted to do in my life, and one of them was to play uh, football for the University of Tennessee. I did that. My second thing, life's goal, was to become a professional wrestler. So I quit playing college football and got into uh, professional wrestling. And that was, I'd say, my number one dream. And ain't too many men can have two dreams, life dreams, and get to experience both of them. So That's for sure. So which wrestlers did you grow up idolizing? Uh, Ron and Don Wright. Uh, now these guys that are in the was in the South, around Knoxville and all that. You had Ron and Don Wright, Whitey Caldwell, Les Thatcher, Don Nell Green, those Sam Bass, guys like that. And then uh, of course uh, Lawler was uh, he was getting started and coming up and uh, and it just you know 
they, these guys just really, I watched them, I idolized them, and not too many people can say you idolized one man growing up and then he was your manager when you was wrestling, and that was Ron Wright. You got to forgive my partner here, but he just veered off a subject I got to get back to. So we're talking about your valet. Okay. <laughs> She's smoking hot. Okay. You hook up with her on a professional level. Do you become romantically involved with her? Well, what do you think? I married her. <laughs> did you marry her? Yeah. We, we did get married. Wow. How long were you married for, if you don't mind me asking? Three years, maybe. Three years? Yeah, something like that. It wasn't. And did your, did your feelings change after you got married? Because wrestling's a tough business, like you said, right? Yeah. You're like your family. So now you got a beautiful woman at your shoulder, right? Um, again, you hear all these stories about guys hitting on these guys' girlfriends or wives and stuff like that. That Did your feelings all of a sudden change about the boys and how they approached no, them? No, because uh, I didn't get the name Dirty White Boy by helping old ladies across the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'd spike a taste plum out of your mouth. I mean, I you ask me and I'll get you, you know, there's a beer there. It's the last one. It's mine. You want it, you ask me, I'll give it to you. You walk over and take it, somebody's taking an ass whooping. Nice. So, was no, I, they, they honestly think that they respected me enough to where they wouldn't try it. Plus, she's my valet, so she's around me all the time. Right. So. Was there ever a moment someone stepped in and tried to do something that you had to kick some ass just to straighten them out? No, as far as approach trying her, to appro right. approach yeah. her or something. Look, clearly no one was going to fuck with the dirty white boy. I totally get it. But, you know, boys will be boys, right? When it comes yeah, but to no, no. Not to my knowledge. Nobody cool. ever did. Is she still with us? I don't know what she's done. Really? Yeah. Once you broke up, that was it, huh? Yeah, once we got uh, divorced. See, I'm the type of person, if I've got an old pair of shoes and I get me a new pair, I throw them old pair away and I don't ever think them about them again. Wow. Really? So, that was it. She wanted a divorce. I give her a divorce. I have no idea where she lives, what she's doing, or anything. Wow. And and I don't want to know. I'm a happily married man. I've got a beautiful family, beautiful grandkids. They're all killing me, though. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I'm the luckiest man in the world. Good for you, man. Good for you. Let's talk about your... Your arrival into the WWE, how does that happen? I know you discussed that they needed someone to train and Vince came to you. When Vince first comes to you, are you in awe at all? Because you know this is the biggest promoter of all time. A billion, you know, he's not a billionaire well, at the time. but Yeah, but, uh, well, at that point in time, he was taking over everything. And he was throwing money out, hand and fist to everybody. And I was like, you know, yeah, I was in all, you know, here, here this guy is. And uh, I would be safe in saying, well, I am uh, Jim Cornette. He helped get me up here. I know that. And, that, you know, he did. And uh, I got to meet Vince one-on-one. -on -one, and uh, it was a pleasure to meet him, you know. And it was even a bigger pleasure when he uh, sent me the contracts you know, all this, and uh, they would send it, uh, your booking sheets through the mail by carrier. But I'm come up, well, you look, and you seen where you was, and plane tickets and everything was there, all that, so. Do you have any, any personal thoughts or feelings on, on Vince? On Vince? There's a lot of people got a lot of <laughs> feelings about Vince. A lot of them ain't good. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, uh, Vince, to me, is he, he's everybody wants a piece of him, so that's reason enough for him to be uh, on his guard all the time. I mean, you have to be. You you've got 
hundreds of people or even thousands of people that's wanting to work for you, wanting some of your money, and you've got to look at them or you've got to be sturdy enough to say, no, I can't use you or get out, ever how you want to put it. But usually when the firing comes, it comes down through channels. <laughs> yes, you never, you find out from someone else. Huh? You find out from somebody else is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Do you know who, like, not the, do you know a stupid question, who came to you and said, okay, we're, we're, we're sending you on your way? Um, who was that? Uh, it might have been Cornette. That come up and said that uh, it was going to make a change and uh, didn't need me anymore. No, 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 no. I take that back. I believe uh, that was when. Uh, no, I believe it was. I'm losing my mind. That's all right. So, uh, yeah, I believe Cornette had, had something to do with it. Speaking of Cornette, the uh, family, the Monty Nefaro family, they're asking do you have a great Jim Cornette story you could share with them? Great Jim Cornette story. Huh. That's hard to... See, I didn't run with Jim that much. I mean, you know, he came in, did book, and all that. But uh, I do remember when he was younger, him and Jimmy Hart, they were managing uh, in Memphis, both of them, but they had like an alliance and everything. They was getting all everybody together. And, uh, Jimmy Hart was the head honcho, and then you had Cornette, which was running around. Well, Jimmy Hart was selling these uh, canes, little old black wooden canes about like that, had two little white tips on it, and he was selling them at the matches. Well, they was buying them. The Hills hated them because them fans would wear you out with them. Well, <laughs> we looked up one day. We were sitting there, and it all got wild and woolly, and Cornette was jumping in, and uh, so was uh, Jimmy Hart. About that time, I see Jimmy Hart raise up on his tiptoes. He's an old man back there, but he's just wearing his butt out with that thing. And, and the cane was about that big around. It was a good sturdy cane. It wouldn't break. He went to whacking. Well, here come Cornette, not paying attention, buddy, and that old man lit in on him, too, but <laughs> and there they both went down the aisle wide My co-host here mentioned Steve Kern. Uh, Good guy. How was it when you were part of the Grapplers, right? Yeah. You feuded with the Fabulous Ones, I think, for a while, right? Is yeah. that correct? How hot was that feud, and what was it like working with the Fabulous Ones? Because they were, you know, what they were the alternative rock and roll express, I guess. Well, they way. basically started. Yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr and Stan Lane, and uh, I, it, it was it was a dream working with those guys. Those guys was good. You didn't have to work as hard because they all the girls loved them, and uh, just everybody loved them. They were over, uh, and it it was easy. It really was. It was real easy to come in. They could get a a, a, a good tag team over with no, no problem and all that. And me and Lenny, uh, when we come there and they put us with them and everything, we was having barn burners. We was knocking them down. I mean, just how great match. How come you guys got away from the grappler? combination and you went singles was that where the money was or because you well, guys were hot right you were a hot heel yeah. team and uh we were uh working for bill watts in louisiana and uh, at lenny i tell you what he got me fired from more places all over the world <laughs> than anybody i ever know in my life tell you a quick story me and lenny come in one night we was working Memphis, so we come into Memphis and we didn't want to do the party thing that night. We was wore out, no girls, no nothing. So uh, we went and stayed at an airport motel. 
Oh, we got one of them fancy rooms and kicked back. Nobody knew where we was or anything like that. So next morning we get up. And, I, and, and before all this happened, we'd got fired from Bill Watts' territory. So now we're working in Memphis territory. So I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I had his in the morning. You know, Go do your business. That's, and I'm telling you, we had a nice room. It even had a phone in the bathroom. Wow. We was uptown. So I'm sitting there, that phone rings, and I was like, boy, ain't that wonderful. At about that time, I hear Lenny say, hey, Tony, pick the phone up. What? So pick the phone up. Hello? I'm going to tell you two son of a bitch something. You ain't never going to work in my territory again. You all are fired. You're out of here. And I'm like, it was Bill Watts. He was firing us from Memphis. We're working for Lawler and Jarrett, and he calls and fires us, and we ain't even in his territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what in the, you know, I, I, and I, I said, Lenny, you done it again. Fired from a territory we're not in. Speaking <laughs> about Watts, does he not get enough respect as a uh, wrestling mind and as a booker? I mean, how did you like working for Watts? Uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect. For Bill Watts, as far of his knowledge and the way he set up matches and stuff like that, as a human being, he ain't worth shooting. I mean, he's a low. Well, I probably can't say what. No, I'm, you can say. <laughs> what are you? He's low life. I mean, elaborate a little. You've heard so many stories about you know maybe some racism, the way he treated the. I mean, what were your experiences with him? Well, we was doing interviews one time, and this was when me and Lenny come the Dirty White Boys. And he got on there, and we was going against, uh, that's when uh, the Junkyard Dog had went to uh, working for Vince. Mm. Well, Watts figured, well, I made the Junkyard Dog, I'm going to make me another one. Well, he brought some guys in. Some other black guy, and uh, he he was pushing him hard and all that. And he said, "I want you to get on here." Said, "I want you to call him everything but the N word." I mean, you just good. Okay, so we doing the interview. Lenny uh, starts it. He said, "Bucks North Tennessee. We don't even let black chickens live here." Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and that. Watts comes up, cut, cut, you son of a bitch. What the hell? Won't you just go ahead and call him a meh? Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm doing what you told me to do. Are you that stupid? Well, then he, when Lenny started peeling the jacket, I was like, here we go. I start peeling mine. I figured, hey, we're going to Knuckle City. Right. And uh, DBS and them were there. And they kind of got in and got things toned down. And it wasn't long after that we got fired. But no, uh, he was just the type of guy. He'd tell you to do something, and when you did it, then uh, he won't get mad at you. Because he was just he was basically a bully. Right. You know, he was a big old man. Because, you know, he could probably, you know, he could fight too, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, he was a big man. And uh, it's, it's funny you bring that up, though, because on the dark side of the ring, when they talk about Junkyard Dog leaving that area, they said Watts was just, besides himself he couldn't believe that after all he did for a jyd so was that true like was watts like just well totally he put destroyed? he pushed deep and the way that he actually got over was uh the Freebirds was uh going around they had a homemade concoction and they don't end up they get it and they throw it in your eyes and it blinds you well, it just so happened, Dog's wife was having a baby, brand new baby. Well, they throwed it in Dog's eyes, went blind, got him on the uh, TV doing an interview, and he's blind and all that, and he's like, uh, I can't even hold my, my baby girl, my baby girl, and was going in, and the baby was over here. Mm. And she's she like, no, no, right here she is. The people felt so sorry for him. 
they were sending in cards and letters. Well, in those cards and letters was money. And Wash didn't know it. And then somebody stooged it off. Dog was getting all this mail and it had money. So uh, Watts was going through it before he ever got the thing. And he, he'd take it out and then give him some of it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so JYD found out about this. Yeah, but I'm not saying that that's, that's the reason he right. left gotcha. and everything. The reason he left it was money. It was just money. I mean, it was just totally business. But uh, the way that Watts treated people, why should they be that loyal to you? You're paying them for a job, and they're doing their job very well. So wh uh, why would you be loyal to him? You're working for, uh, right. for every nickel and dime. Well, here's another person. They're going to give you more nickels and dimes. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? It's just business. What, back then, though, with the dog and his popularity, what, did he have that crack problem back then, or did it just occur afterwards? Did you see him? I think him? it occurred after. So you didn't see him doing that? No, we, we, uh, we worked uh, see uh, Dog and uh, Jerry Stubbs, Mr. Olympia, were tag team partners. And me and Jerry, uh, I mean, me and Lenny, uh, we went and, had, you know, had our feud with him. You know, we worked a program with him and all that, and he was right on, right on time, never, nothing, everything was cool. So, you know, I never knew it, never seen anything, you know. Were the Freebirds always on time? Was it like working with the Freebirds or having them in that area? <laughs> or were they as crazy as everybody said they were? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bam Bam, God rest his soul, I loved that man. Hey, you talking about just a big old brute of a man, that great guy, don't get on his bad side because bad things can happen. And then, of course, you got Michael running around. He's just, that, that was the comedy. <laughs> you had Sirius, and then you had the smaller one. He was, he was, he could go, he could go too. And uh, all three of them go fairly decent, but Michael didn't. He, like, you know, I don't really want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Michael was a mouthpiece, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what so. was it like being in the territories, watching watching Vince come in and, and basically pluck one piece out of here, one piece out of here, one piece out of here, and watching him kind of kind of implode? Was it? I was like, when is it my turn to get plucked? <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's a business, and it's all about money. So with just one one week you'd go in there and there's another person going on next week, another person? Yeah, it, it could be like that. So I've seen it in some places like that. And But, you know, when he first started, he, he'd take a couple out here and a couple out of this other territory and bring them up, and then he'd settle for a little bit. And then here he'd go picking. It's like, you know, okay, today we got to pick tomatoes. Okay, that's it, no more. We gotta wait a while. These others are green, so if they would have took took the character of the dirty white boy and brought them here up east, do you think it could have gotten over? Uh in the Fed. What's that? In the Fed for yeah. Vince. Yes. Yes, I honestly I honestly believe that it, it would have. Did you ever try to present that to them and yeah. said and what what did they say? Well they uh, well Vince would have to own the name and uh all that see that's when he was owning everything mm. it's like if he fired you you didn't get to take that with you it belonged to him and i wasn't about to do that so that worked too too long and too hard building my name and i i just wasn't going to just up sign a sign a piece of paper so if you would have signed a piece of paper the dirty white boy could have been up here i believe so mm. I, I i i really do believe so Maybe not. I, you know, ain't never, you know, we'll never know. Last night we had Jamie Dundee in. Um, did you have the opportunity to work with Jamie and Wolfie at all? <laughs> Tell us about Jamie Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little rat running around. That's why you, you throw a rat in this room and then you chase it. There's so many stuff that they can get under and all that. He's hilarious. Oh, Lord have mercy. Matter of fact, uh, I talked to Wolfie uh, about two days ago. Uh -huh. 
before I came up here, I was uh, in the school line <laughs> waiting to pick up my boy. And uh, while I was sitting there, uh, I called uh, Wolfie, and we talked for a while and all that kind of stuff. So I keep in uh, touch with him. Jamie, I hadn't, but that Jamie, he's, that boy's something else. I tell you what, you talking about somebody's full of it. That little feller is. You you can't believe nothing's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> now, I'm not saying he lies, but I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> you talked earlier about working as a plumber with your father. At what point do you tell your family that I'm going to be a professional wrestler, and what's their reaction to that? Uh, the real reaction was when I told my family I was going to quit college and quit playing football to become a wrestler. That didn't get over real good. My daddy was proud as a peacock because I was going to college, play football. He never missed one, one football game. He was in the hospital, got out of the hospital the day of a football game and was sitting on the 50-yard line midways uh, watching me. And uh, he didn't care much for that. And I told him I wanted to be a wrestler. And uh, he's always, he always have supported me uh, in anything that I wanted to do like that. And he said, okay, said, uh, well, let's stop there for a second. So you're in college. You're a football player. Yeah. Living life. Yeah. What goes off in Tony's mind and goes, yeah, you know, I just want to be a professional wrestler. What, how did that happen? There was a high school buddy of mine came by the house. We played football together, but he wasn't big enough or uh, good enough to play college ball. Well, he was showing off a big wrestling belt. I just, I just won this uh, last Friday night. I like, he said, what? I just won this last Friday night. And uh, I got to thinking. He said, yeah. I said, Rick Connor strained me. And uh, I can take you if you want to go and uh, introduce you to him. And all that. I got a match. I'll drive. You can go with me and watch me wrestle and all that. And I got to thinking. Said, well, you won that belt. Hmm. I can whoop you. I know that. I've done done it. <laughs> several times so if I can whoop you that means I can get one of them belts <laughs> so I finally so, yes. wait so so at this point you, you you don't know this is scripted you think this is real well yeah for a long time I did until I you know I knew at the, this time point in time I knew that it was uh, it, it might have been choreographed a little bit okay but uh, you know people say wrestling's fake I've had about three or four uh, major surgeries on my body due to wrestling. Now, is that fake? Oh, not at all. That's my insurance company. They'll tell you, there ain't nothing fake about that. We try to never use the word fake here, but we try to use, it is scripted, right? So, but, I guess, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you quit college, you quit football because you got impressed by a shiny championship belt. Well, wasn't so much the belt as it was that Jackie Lakins was my buddy, and he won it. And I knew I could win. Yeah. And if he beat everybody to get that, well, I'm a shoe-in. I could just walk right in and, and win it and be the champion. Yeah. And now I'm going to be a wrestler. want to go back to the WWE. Um, don't know if it's true. I'll ask. What was, the you know, the click, right? Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. I uh, forget if Kevin Nash was there. Probably Kevin Nash was already there, too. Hunter. What kind of problems did they give you? They didn't give me no, no problems. Did you see the way they treated other wrestlers, and did that, did you feel bad, or did you just never see anything from any of them? Uh, well, most of the time, they were usually uh, always doing interviews and stuff like that. I mean, when you go there to get ready to do like a Monday Night Raw or something like that, you're there 
from uh, usually before 12 o'clock that day and you don't get out until about midnight that night. I mean, it's an all-day thing. And uh, But no, no uh, I never had a problem with any of those guys. I mean, I, I was buddies with them, you know. And did they treat you with respect, yeah. knowing who you were, where you came from? Yeah. It's good I to hear. better. All right, so quick <laughs> thoughts. Smack. Quick thoughts. Well, I know you would. <laughs> On the on the Phil and co-host here, how did he do my, so far? My, my final question. We're not there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> how did, did you think say he did? Something? <laughs> do what? How do you think he did? Who him? Yeah. You want me to lie or tell the truth? <laughs> tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. Oh God. <laughs> no, so, I thought you done a real good job, buddy. Really, well, I, I did. You. You. What well, we right usually do, team. Tony, we have something called the Pharaoh's final question. That's my. Uh, true co-host um he, it comes out of his mind whatever else he may ask you he used he could ask you about hamburgers whatever he decided to do i had a good one today did you really what oh, did you eat uh it was some little old diner and uh i went and did that uh reality thing or what not i yeah, know the uh you, you the, know the, the virtual side the virtual yeah yeah, yeah uh before we went to that, it was right down the road from there. It was some little old diner, and buddy, that food was that plenty of it. I mean, you know, most of the time in little diners, a lot of them, yeah, they don't get, they don't fill the plate up. This one had a big plate and it was full. Yeah, buddy, it was good. That's what you enjoy about New York, though, right? Coming up here, the food's better, right? It's a little bit better. No, if I want good food, I stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> I got deer meat and all that kind of stuff to eat. But <laughs> hey, we didn't even get to talk about that. So here he is. He's going to ask you the final question. You know, ready? All right. So Wait. present company excluded. You were around during the that big expansion of WWF in the 80s. Who do you think the WWF dropped the ball with by not picking up or picked up and dropped the ball with as they brought them in? Me. I said present company excluded. Oh. Well, see, you're using them big words on me now. There you see? go. Now, right there, see, that, that takes a few points off. Of how good you're doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know. I really can't answer that. I, there's. It's an ultimate fail. That's the first time the Pharaoh's final question did not get over in the history of this illustrious show. In fact, Jim Beam just called. They just canceled our contract. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. Way to go. <laughs> Anthony, seriously, um, thank you for what you've done for this industry. Right. Well, uh, what an honor it is to have you in the studio. I appreciate it. honor's uh, mine. I mean, it just, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me. Well, it's just amazing. And you know what? I think in life, right, you choose a career or, you, you know, you have a family and you can look back at your career that you chose that day where you wanted to be take your friend's belt away from him. Yeah, I was a bully. You did a pretty damn good job, man. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, don't forget, Saturday, everybody could come see uh, the dirty white boy. There you go. And uh, get some pictures and autographs and get to meet this legend. Uh, thank you again. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. All right, Bruce, don't screw this up. Send us out. Uh, all right. You've been watching TL Hopper. Dirty oh, wait a minute. Unbelievable. Do you see that? The whole show I'm redirecting hey, I, I, off have of Have you TL ever Hopper. heard this? You're fired! <laughs> hey, with, with that, the let's get out of here. The entire show. Stay away from to, TL Hopper. You, was was doing, that, you were doing good. You were doing good. All three, but, so... Tony, thank you for being here. Wait, thank I got to stop for one more second. The entire show, we talked about T.L. Hopper. He, he was done with it. We established that we didn't want to ever say it again. And you're still going to mention it. And you, you know you know what your problem was? You opened your mouth. <laughs> you All right. With that, let's get out of here. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs>